Welcome to Living Your Best Life podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Miller, and today I'm joined by the amazing Krista Tee. Krista is a high-performance coach, business strategist, specialising in coaching coaches, business owners and entrepreneurs in creating six- and seven-figure businesses. Krista's offerings come with a little bit of a difference, tapping into the heart space and teaching successful blueprints designed to create and accelerate sustainable change in her clients' businesses and in their life. Krista was is a born entrepreneur with a wealth of business knowledge, owning multiple businesses over her 16 years so far. Krista's business knowledge and success helps to fast track her clients' results. So strap yourself in for the ride and be empowered by the amazing Krista Tia. So Krista, for the people that don't know you, who is Krista Tia? Oh, I am a high performance specialist and a business strategist. I am a mother, a friend, a daughter, a partner. Um, I I really have had the such a great experience throughout my life, um, and I feel that everything that I've experienced—the good and the bad, the ups and the downs—has brought me to this very moment of absolute gratitude. That you know, I get to speak up and I get to share a message and I get to change lives. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be here. Oh, that's so exciting. And I just before the interview when we were just having a little chat, it's really funny. Uh, you know, you've come into my aura and, um, you know, we have got a, a, a mutual friend, you know, uh, you know, in your relationship right now. And it's it's super exciting. And I remember being um, just on a, we, we were actually meant to go to Byron Bay where I was actually probably going to meet you. Yeah. But that didn't happen because of the coronavirus. As we all know, we're all sort of um, having to stay put. And so we had a virtual day and um, where we jumped on with Jessica Shambri. And the next minute you came came onto screen. <laughs> My goodness, I I know I'm, I've I've seen you, and then I quickly looked you up on my phone and went, oh my goodness, and it was just amazing. Like I couldn't believe it that you actually came into my aura, and I finally get to have you on Living Your Best Life podcast this morning. So it's super super exciting. Yes, I'm so grateful to be here, and it's just amazing. I think that was a prime example of divine timing. You know, connecting and meeting with the right people in such a perfect time. <laughs> So a high performance specialist and business strategist, what is that? Um, so uh, from a performance uh, perspective, I believe that in order to succeed in business, we really have to, you know, have all other aspects of our life on point. You know, for a long period of time, I've been in business since I was 18 years old. I'm now 32. Um, and before I stepped into the coaching space, I owned four brick and mortar businesses. Um, <laughs> so... I, I know a thing about business, but the things that I have really learned is in my previous four businesses, I was, you know, I was blessed with and I chose to continue having such a, a great work ethic and, you know, I feel like entrepreneurialism was just in my blood from the moment that I was, you know, born into this world um, because of my upbringing and my family. Um, but what I realised was it soon led me to a lot of burnout because I wasn't prioritising the performance aspect of things. Um, so I actually started, you know, my journey um, as a nutritionist. Um, and then along, along that journey, I realised that there were so many other components 
that enabled me to perform at the level that I do. Um, and it's all encompassing. It's our spiritual health. It's our mental health. Um, it's what we consume. It's what we put in our body. It's how we move. It's our attitude towards things. And then I believe that when we implement, you know, the, the structure and the strategy in order to create the business that we want, it's far more effortless because it's coming from a space of performing at a high level, creating a sustainability in what we're doing. Um, and also we're coming from that state of flow rather than force. Mm. And the big thing is, is I, I know um, with business, you know, a lot of people think uh, business problems are business problems, but it's actually uh, personal problems that yeah. sort of go into our business and um, having that a holistic approach where, you know, that you are looking at, you know, the physical part, you know, the mindset, the heart set, the soul set. Yeah. All these things are so, so important when it comes to not only showing up as an amazing human being, but also in business. And I guess that's where your offerings are quite different to the normal, uh, I guess, business coach, because you are heart-centered. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that, that you know, that really heart-centered approach, um, it came back to understanding why I wanted to be in any industry or in any business that I've currently taken part in. Um, and for me, I I kind of reflected, I was I had my first business, which was a hair salon when I was 18. Um, and then I went on to own three health cafes um, in the middle of Brisbane City. And you know, after I sold those cafes and went through a really, you know, quite a traumatic stage of my life. Um, and reach that point of, and I think so many of us can relate, that point where we just don't know how we can go on. We don't know how we're going to get back up and and deal with anything else that life is going to throw us. Um, it was at that moment that I sort of went, right, okay, I, I've sold the businesses. I know that I'm going to step into another business, but it's not going to be from a space of obligation anymore. Um, I can build businesses standing on my head, but I want to do something that I am putting my heart and soul into that never feels like work. So I assessed what was really at the essence of everything that I've done in business. What was it about hairdressing that I loved? What was it about the health cafes that I was passionate about? And what I saw at the essence of it was I actually just loved helping people. Um, you know, whether it was from an aesthetic standpoint, we all know that, you know, hairdressers and people even in the beauty industry, mm. we, we should have a certification in counselling. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I loved changing someone's day, you know, making them feel better either mentally and emotionally or physically. With the health cafes, it was about nurturing people's soul, allowing them to experience healthy food that was going to impact their body in more ways than, um, you know, just nutritionally. Um, so I, I chose to step in as a coach because I knew that if, if what it was that lit my heart up was contribution, I wanted to be able to do that to the masses. Mm. And I guess... Now is a really good time to, you know, with the coronavirus and so much fear, um, yes. you know, that's, that's you know, around in our world at the moment. But for me, how I see it is this is a massive, amazing reset, not as, you know, not just the world, but also individually and know that your businesses, you know, you, you're an event, event business. Um, that pivoting, how have you found that actually pivoting to the online version? I know that you you know you guys do it really well. Um, mm. How have you found that connection and you know still being able to really tap into people but from a virtual space? 
Yeah, so I think the thing that worked in my favour was um, because I started in the coaching space as more um, sort of because the thing was for me, I, I didn't want to. I know that I'd built four businesses that were brick and mortar successfully, but I didn't want to come in and become a business coach immediately when I hadn't created success in the digital space. So right. for me, I actually started in nutrition and I'm also NLP um, trained as well. So I started in sort of like nutrition and mindset work um, in order to create success in the digital space before I felt in integrity and stepping into a business coaching role. Um, So I I was actually only ever offering digital products. So I had built a high level of success there before I went into an events um, sort of setup or an events model. Um, And I've actually loved the process of it. You know, as much as I love the human connection and being in a room with heaps of people and creating change in person, we've just really had to pivot in the way um, and ask ourselves, how can we cultivate more energy so that it's felt through a screen? What other things can we put in place in order for people to feel like they are really wanting to engage and stay tuned till the end? Mm, and yeah. that's amazing. And is that would you? And is that how you you're tapping into the senses? You know, how, how are you doing that? We're offering added, um, you know, added bonus in the way of we're sending out, you know, big gift packs before the events begin. Um, we're really getting people in pods or in partners to ensure that they are staying really connected. Um, we're setting people a lot of stretch exercises in order for them to f- still feel stretched while they're in a container with me. Um, and I think that, you know, we still have the availability of music and um, things that are going to impact and change people's state um, and still have it you know through a screen so there's been a lot of little bits and pieces that we continuously implement just to tweak and fine-tune and ensure that you know the the digital events are just as powerful as the in-person events and I guess having that holistic approach where you are you know tapping into people's you know the physical side the spiritual side the emotional side the intellectual side obviously um this is so important it's not just a matter of just delivering you know the business plan um you know there's so much more to that and I guess the great thing about now is that you actually get to impact more people you get to help people evolve you get to move humanity in an even bigger way and and you know and I know um you know even with Kerwin like he's now tapping into so many people globally and you know that you actually get that impact at an actual deeper level and you know creating that domino effect how have you found that uh Krista it has been honestly amazing and, you know, I I am a person that always finds a silver lining um, and for me, you know, when it first all went down and we sort of, I had to pivot, you know, a week out before one of my in-person events um, and, you know, I, I was sort of like, okay, what are, the, what are the positives of this? And, you know, for this event we had the ability to not be dictated by a postcode. So then we had people that were from the UK, I had some from Dubai, um, I had people from all states of Australia that could tune in um I I really love that like that that's probably been the best part and it's going to be a part of my business moving forward even when we can go back to in-person delivery 
Um, another thing that I've loved is just being the example for other people. You know, I believe that it's easy to create success and to sustain in business when it's it's calm waters, right? What really dictates a an amazing sailor is when the seas are absolutely in a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I feel like for me, being in business for you know 14, 15 years, um, I have faced multiple crises situations and this was almost like I do operate very well under stress um, because I just know how to redirect and 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 put my energy into what's going to create a result Um, so for me it was like this is my time to shine you know this is what I've prepared for over my 14 15 years business experience Um, so but I've just honestly loved having people from all over the world be able to tune in to all of my events and feel like they're in the room with me Mm, so amazing and unlocking the potential um in human beings you know self-mastery how important is self-mastery and what is it oh oh my gosh self-mastery I think that it's it's something that is ever evolving for all of us throughout the entirety of our life because I believe that growth and evolution is it's never ending right that's what I put here Mm. to do in this human experience um, but I think it starts with understanding who we are and what we're put here to do and understanding, like truly understanding within every inch and within every cell of our being that we do not have to be dictated by anything outside of ourselves and we have an unlimited potential, but we get to choose whether we tap into it or not. And I, I, I believe that, you know, this, I think that a lot of us look at people, you know, that are maybe influencers or, you know, coaches, um, and we sort of think, oh, well, it's all figured out and they've got it all together. And it, it's just not the truth. Um, and that comparison game is the most dangerous game that we can play. Mm. Um, and, you know, when we truly understand that no matter who we aspire to, no matter how successful that person is, no matter how much of a following they have, all of us are put here to grow and evolve. And the bigger we get, the more layers we have to peel off in order to get back to the core of who we truly are, not dictated by what anyone else should think uh, or what anyone else does think, but what sets our soul on fire. And when we're living in alignment with who we're put here to be um, without permission from anyone else, I believe that that's truly self-mastery. That's amazing. And this is probably a great time to sort of um, head down the road of blueprints and coding and, um, Mm. you know, you know, as humans, it's amazing. I know for me, when I first started, you know, diving deep into me and and getting on that self mastery journey, that I had to go back and undo a lot of stories that that just weren't mine. And the blueprints that, um, you know, I've got some great blueprints that I can, you know, take forward um, in my journey. But I've also got some blueprints that that do not serve me, and that I've had to really go back and rewrite those stories. Would love to hear your take on this. Yeah, so I think that um, the most important piece is, you know, when we understand and gain the awareness around, um, you know, what it is within our childhood or within, you know, traumatic experience that we've we've um, been exposed to um, or the blueprints and dynamics that are there, once we have the awareness that it is there, it's a matter of taking radical responsibility of it in order to ch- change it because what I find is, a lot of people can go, yeah, well, I've had this blueprint and I'm just going to hold on to it because it's easier to hold on to it than change it because with change comes great levels of discomfort. Mm. 
Mm. So um, I think that, you know, for me, I was the same. I had a lot of amazing, empowering blueprints. Um, you know, the fact that I, I was brought up in a family where my dad was a nine-figure business owner um, and had, you know, uh, 120 staff. And, you know, I had this blueprint that enabled me to have great work ethic and, you know, um, entrepreneurial skills that not other people, not many other people were able to have. Um, but I think that, you know, there's also other bits and pieces that, you know, might not be the case at all. But when we see it, we have to understand that everyone's only doing the best that they can with what they have available at the time. Um, and when we can meet those people that have, um, you know, created those blueprints that we're operating from, we can meet them with a level of empathy and go, okay, but that's all right. I understand that served me up until this point, but what do I choose moving forward? So um, blueprints can appear in the way of every aspect of our life, you know, the way that we eat, the way that we treat ourselves, our, our relationship with self, our relationship with siblings, our relationship with our partner, um, you know, our, our relationship dynamics, I think, is the biggest piece. People are operating from old blueprints in the relationships, love relationships that they're mm. um, embarking on throughout their life. Um, you know, it, it, blueprints in the way of, of beliefs, um, in the way of our attitude towards money, business. Um, and I think that it starts with really questioning whether it's ours or whether it's someone else. Um, because I think that so much of what we do for so many people is so unconscious. Um, and it's just like we're almost just on autopilot throughout the entirety of our life. It's, it's just a really unconscious attitude that we have towards all of these aspects. Um, mm. So it's a matter of bringing that unconscious to our conscious mind and going, okay, that's there. I can meet it with love and empathy. I know that it served me up until this point, but what do I choose moving forward? Do I choose to settle or do I choose to change? Either way I'm choosing, but what do I want for my future and what do I want for my present moment? And is this the blueprint that is going to serve me moving forward? And I guess the big thing too is, um, you know, with those stories, they can become quite addictive. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's 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 something, you know, you see things keep playing out in somebody's life, playing out, play, bad relationships, bad, you know, money decisions, bad uh, business decisions, and 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 they a, until they actually stop. And as you said, come from that um, unconscious to conscious yes. thinking of why. You know what the common denominator here is me. Yep. Um, we are a reflection of our life is a reflection of of what we are manifesting, what energy we're putting out there, and I guess this is you know in your in your offerings, I'm sure that you would see massive transformations when it comes to that very point of, you know, um, unpacking the stories um, and that we really need to take responsibility for what's transpiring in our lives and that it, it is us that's creating it. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't you know, agree more. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually a really, um, I think, important piece, you know, even making reference back to pivoting into online events. You know, I think that it's really creating because what, what it's in fact done is because you don't have the accountability in the room, right? It's it's through a screen. So these people um, have the option to just kind of, you know, make the investment and then, you know, go MIA for the three days of the container. Um, but what I love about this is actually creating a frame of like, well, this is your responsibility. Like everything else in your life, you can make the investment, but the investment is irrelevant unless you do the work. 
Mm. Um, so I actually create a really firm frame around taking radical responsibility for the results that they get out of this immersion, but the results that they're getting in every aspect of life because are they settling or are they working to change? Mm. Um, so absolutely, we, we are the creators and we're only ever going to have this reflection that's either beautiful or something that we don't like, um, you know, based on how we show up and what we choose to do. Mm, and I guess ego, um, you know, is a really, you know, for me, I'd never even heard the word ego um, till I probably met Kerwin. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's just been profound and, and that I now get to teach that to my team, um, you know, for us to really understand how the ego, one, can serve us, amazing, yes. but it also can be the very thing that holds us back because it's, the, it, you know, it's, it's it's there to keep us safe. Mm. Um, so I'd love to hear your, you know, where ego has come into your life, in your offerings, and, yeah. and it, it plays a massive, you know, once we understand that little voice in our head yeah. <laughs> that can potentially stop us from, uh, you know, going to where we need to go. Um, like for me, it's been completely life-changing. Definitely. And I think the ego can be so sneaky, right? And and we still get to love on it. If we meet every, like no amount of hate is going to drive out hate. If we love on everything, that's what's going to be the catalyst for change. So um, it's really interesting because I, I ha- over the past couple of months, I've seen my ego playing out in really interesting ways, um, which, you know, I've worked through with Kerwin and, and, you know, it's the best part about being in such a conscious relationship that we get to hold each other to this beautiful high standard. Um, and, you know, for me, um, I, I remember many years ago, I, I caught my ego hiding out in humility. Um, it was really interesting because I would never speak about my achievements. And I thought that if I spoke about my achievements, that would make me, um, you know, egotistical. Um, and I would never want to shine. I, I, I used to be a singer and a dancer and I would always avoid being on a, you know, a platform where people could compliment me, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I used to hide out in humility. I would never talk about how, how much success I'd created in business. I would always sort of dull myself almost. Mm. And it's really interesting. Hiding out in humility was a big one for me because I thought, hang on, like this doesn't even make sense. But I was like, well, it's inhibiting me from moving forward and really experiencing that proud feeling. So it's my ego at work. Um, but what, what I have, you know, more recently, what I have noticed was my ego was so immensely scared of um, losing face. There was almost like this false expectation that everything and it's ridiculous because you know nothing's ever going to be perfect but there was this false expectation that I always had to be perfect in every aspect of my life and you know to be completely frank it's exhausting and it wasn't until you know um my beautiful partner was able to, you know, sit with me and really put things in such a loving way that enabled me to shine a light on it. Um, you know, in moments that I was triggered over something trivial, it was like, well, I don't want to admit that I'm triggered because then it might, you know, make me be perceived in this way. It was my ego at work. Well, I don't want to, you know, not appear like I don't have everything together in perfect order because what if I'm judged and perceived in this way? Mm. Um, And I could see it playing out everywhere. And I feel like what I've noticed is when we start to collapse that ego and which is a really, you know, big part of our identity up until this moment, it's amazing what falls away in our external world that our ego was attached to. 
Um, and I think it's almost like our ego rearing its head to attempt and try to regain control over those things that that made it powerful, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I think that our ego can be very sneaky and appear in, in really interesting ways, but it's, it's once again back to the awareness, and I think especially in the moments where there is emotion coming up through us or we are triggered, our immediate go-to is to go to the things that are comfortable, the reaction that's comfortable, the response response that's comfortable Um, but if we can meet ourselves and the opposing person or the opposing situation with a level of humility um, and taking a different perspective a bird's eye perspective as opposed to allowing our reaction and responses and our ego to control us in that moment we have a far easier way to just move through it that's amazing I I love that and it's um so so you've got a beautiful daughter um and I mean I'm a mum of three amazing teenagers and there's nothing better than 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 our kids and but I would love to hear how's being a mum influenced you know your delivery of of your offerings um the way that you show up I mean you know our our little people are watching us um and it's it's I think it's really um, a massive thing for um, as mums to really, you know, be able to, to show up to them as our best as our best self um, to yeah. help them become the individual beautiful human beings that they were born to be. How has it influenced you, Krista? In ways that I could not even imagine, and I don't think you really understand unconditional love until you oh, become yes. a mother. <laughs> Um, you know, no matter whether they yell and scream at you or, you know, throw tantrums or, you know, you feel like you're at breaking point, there's still unconditional love. Um, and the moment that I became a mum, I, I fully realised that. Um, so she has influenced me in huge ways. Uh, you know, I feel that me saying to her that she can be, do and have anything that she wants in this lifetime is one thing, but for me to show her by my example is another thing. Um, and I know that, you know, I have been given a powerhouse of a child. You know, she is <laughs> she is one, you know, brave little girl who has a massive personality, who is so resilient, who is super bossy, who is really loud. And um, I, I've always thought that, you know, we're always given what we have the strength to do. Um, so, you know, my daughter hasn't always, she's, she's certainly not the child that sits in the, you know, the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Um, she has, yeah, she's been a handful, um, for a lot of her life. And I know that it's just, uh, she's been sent to me, um, in order to channel all of that beautiful energy into the right direction. Um, and now she's nine and I'm just super proud. You know, she, 90% of the time, she's a great child. She is, um, a reflection of all of the work that I've constantly put in. Um, and then 10%, she's, she's, uh, you know, a normal child, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's the reason that I do everything that I do. The reason that I want to create such a huge change in the world, the reason that I want to leave a legacy, because after my time on this planet, I want her to know that her mama was something great and she gets to follow in my footsteps, you know, in her own unique way, um, whether she wants to, you know, t- take over my business or go and be a school teacher 
whatever she desires to be and whatever lights her soul on fire, I want that exactly for her. But I really want to, I want to be able to fast track her journey through all of the lessons that I have learned. I want to leave her wisdom and knowledge mm. um, in so many ways so that, you know, she can move through this life with as much ease and grace as possible. Um, but then obviously, you know, experience life in all that it is and to know that she's always going to be okay because there's a level of solidarity that I can help her build within herself. And that's the thing too. They always, they're they're always watching us. I've got three teenagers, so (laughs) we're navigating our way around that. But I just know, um, you know, my my my, the the way that I parent is is so different, um, you know, to the way my parents did and and not taking away from anything that my parents did but I know that you know just talking about emotions and you know and just them seeing the things that I do and you know the, the as you said the mama and the businesswoman and the person that you know really has this passion for you know moving humanity into a better place and for them to sit and watch sometimes you think that they're you know sometimes you know when they see me meditating and things like that they think I'm a little bit crazy out on the front lawn you know watching sunrises and doing crazy dances and you know but I just know that at a soul level they're watching and absolutely and then I hear that things that they say to their friends and I just think oh my goodness yes 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 the influence is definitely there when it's a teenager they never like you to um (laughs) to know that you're right um or anything like that but um just having that amazing relationship you know and that connection I mean being a being a mum is is the number one yeah um joy in my life and I know that it is definitely in your life and how how honoured are you know how privileged and honoured are we to be able to actually have a child a a being that we've created and there's just nothing that compares to it is there (laughs) oh my gosh absolutely and I think it's beautiful like you know I feel the same even when my daughter's you know watching me meditate or any of these things that I didn't even and I'm sure you can relate I didn't even my parents <laughs> yeah. And it's like normalizing it from such a young age. Like if I knew half of the practices that I know now when I was, you know, under 10, oh my gosh, my life would have been so different. And not to say I had an, an amazing upbringing and I've had an amazing life, but it would have just made me so much more adaptable um, during times that were, you know, there was pain there um, or there was hardship or there was stress knowing the things that I know now. And I feel so blessed that I can give those, give those things to her. Yeah. Talk talking about emotions and regulating through whatever's coming up within us or, you know, being able to drop into a meditation or how to use our body and nurture our body and, yeah, how how to truly love ourselves outside Mm -hmm. of anything aesthetic but how to truly love ourselves deep down, you know, from a soul level. Yeah. And and teaching that to our children to truly love themselves, you know. As I said to your teenagers, lots going on at school, social media, phones, all those kind of things for us. And um, and the big thing is is just trying to really get them to understand that the the the, the person that they need to love the most is themselves. Um, and you know, I think that you know we do a really good job on that. I mean, as you said, like there's no way I would have ever had those conversations with my parents. So I'm a bit like you. Yeah. Um, I come from an entrepreneurial family and a dad that has come from nothing and has built 
empire. And, you know, the, the biggest takeaway that I got from him was this amazing work ethic. And I think you agree, but what, what I saw my dad do was just work, work. Like it was just yeah. unbelievable, the hours, you know, you didn't see, get to see him very much. And I knew for me that it, I just didn't want that. I did, I, I still, you know, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be able to impact the world, but I didn't want to have to be a prisoner to my business. And, um, you know, the old way of working, I mean, you got your badge of honour through how many hours you actually work. That's that old, um, you know, conditioning. And, you know, even with my dad now, he's nearly, he's 66 and he still works like 100 hours a week. Like it's just like I I said to him, you know, Dad, you you are amazing. But, you know, it is time for you to have some time for you now. (laughs) Just even getting him to have a weekend off is, but he just loves what he does as well. So, even though he is doing massive hours, it's it's his passion that's what lights him up. So so yeah. for me, I see it completely different. But um, very very blessed to have had the parents that we've definitely have. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, Krista, are you going to say something there? No, I was just going to say. I think sometimes, um, especially in that sort of age bracket as well, what I have seen is like work can also be another form of suppression for a lot of people mm. because they weren't taught once again to, you know, move through emotions and express emotions, and especially males in that demographic, um, you know, they they weren't taught how to acknowledge and to be vulnerable. And just like you know anything else, drugs, alcohol, um, you know, sometimes even work. exercise can be a form of suppression. Mm. They work instead. And I know for me, for a long period of time, I I found a level of awareness that I was working as much as I was. Yes, I loved what I was doing, but I was working as much as I was so I didn't have to acknowledge what was within me that needed to move through. Mm, That's amazing, yeah. And I guess too, um, you know, just even knowing some of the traumatic things, you know, for us, we, we, you know, we lost, I lost my brother in a car accident when I was 19. So it's been a massive thing for our family. Something like that is, is completely life-changing. And even though my dad still works extremely hard, um, the blessing that came out of that situation was that our dad actually became the dad that we needed and wanted and, uh, you know, that we wanted for so long and, you know, trying to put light on the situation. I I remember walking along the beach having a chat to him and I said, Dad, you know what, it's what happened, you know, we can never, ever change it and it was meant to be. But, you know, the goodness that's come out of this is that you actually became the dad that we longed for. And, you know, that's the beauty that came out of that situation. And and I, and I do agree with you with, you know, throwing, I've done it myself. I used to be, oh, my gosh, a crazy, crazy hours, um, you know, and it is, you know, while ever you're busy, I guess you don't have to think about emotions and, you know, all those kind of things. So I, th- I think you've, you know, really hit the nail on the head there that it doesn't actually have to be drugs and alcohol. It can be exercise. It can be, um, you know, workaholic. Uh, there's so many things where, you know, suppressing those true emotions and, mm-hmm. and to, to, you know, to, when, when it's time to dig deep to actually unpack that all. Yes, absolutely, because it's in the mundane that we experience the magic it's in the times where, and this is why COVID's been so amazing for um, transformation, is because 
all of the distractions have been taken away from us. Most people can't go to work. Most people can't go to the gym. We can't go out and drink and eat. And yes, you can drink in the comfort of your own home, but a lot of people have either spiraled or they have transformed because it's been mundane. We've been brought back to basics um, and all the distractions have been removed. Mm, I love it because it's been a complete reset for me and I know that you know, I guess the people that are in my orbit have just seen massive, massive um, transformation, seen massive um, back to alignment and joyfulness and playfulness and all these amazing things. Um, and I know that, that you're actually experiencing that yourself, you know, really having that quality time with your family. Yeah. It's just been amazing. And it's it, uh, for me, coronavirus and the situation that we're in has been probably one of the best things that's ever 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 happened to me I agree I I'm I I feel blessed that we're in this in this global reset you know and 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 it's the choice you know it's a decision Mm -hmm. are you going to embrace it and um, make the changes Um, and and I think that's the the thing is there's so much opportunity oh absolutely we just gotta we've just gotta see it we've just gotta find it and Mm. you know we can either resist it or we can change and transform with it and the resistance is only going to create friction so I couldn't agree more I just it's it's really I've always had deep levels of gratitude for like family is one of my highest values um and I've always had deep levels of gratitude for my family and my loved ones, but I think that it's, it, oh, my God, that's just expanded even more because it really brings into perspective what's what's truly important in life. Mm. Yeah. Asking those big questions. So um, I've got to ask you, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> Hard to pinpoint to one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the understanding that life is about the ups and the downs, it's about the ebbs and the flows, it's about the darkness and the light, It's everything is always in balance to some extent. So it's not necessarily attaching to the good only and trying to fight and ward off the bad. It's about finding a state of neutrality and almost like an equilibrium between any or all of it you know um and knowing that everything that is in our life is all for us no matter what we're dealt no matter what stress or curveballs we are throwing it's there for us and it's up to us to learn and grow from you know the the good and the bad um in order for us to continually evolve and become the very best version of ourselves Mm. um and I just think that that has impacted you know every aspect of my life you know I've been given great business advice I've been given great um, performance advice but I think that all encompassing it's that acknowledgement because I think that so many people are in search of gratitude playfulness happiness joy and yet they're so shaken when there is something that is outside of that um but that can be our greatest teacher as well so it's a matter of finding this state of neutrality and acceptance of all of it knowing that it is for us never to us yeah exactly yeah so what are some of the daily routines and rituals um to help um bring balance into your life that we could share with some of our listeners Definitely. So I actually spoke um, recently on uh, one of my social media platforms about rigidity and morning rituals. Um, And what I found is like I I have had morning rituals in place 
you know, for a large portion of my life going back to when I had my salon. Um, and what I found that uh, happened was after a while, it would almost become an obligation. And I believe that everything in life is the emotion that it invokes within us. It's like setting a goal and just writing it on a piece of paper, but not being able to feel it, to smell it, to, you know, um, hear it, to not actually allow it to tantalize all of our senses. There's no emotion behind it. It's not going to manifest as easily. Um, and so the same with morning rituals. I wanted my morning ritual, the idea of it, or rituals throughout the entirety of my day, the idea of it was in order for me to set my day up for success. So what I have done throughout, you know, my journey, probably the last, you know, 10 to 15 years is I've really trialed and tested multiple things. I went through a process of doing, you know, a cold plunge every morning. Um, I have meditation's always been a big part of my life, you know, not at, at the entirety, but in and out, um, you know, exercise first thing in the morning was a stage as well. But what I really assess is is this out of obligation or is this because it feels really good and enables me to start my day with the best intention and best state? Um, so for me, you know, supplementation is something that is a not negotiable. Um, and it's actually, it's super habitual for me now. Um, so supplements in the way of, you know, taking care of, I, I take like cognitive function supplements, I take adrenal care su supplements, um, you know, magnesium and all sorts of things that are keeping my body optimal. Um, and I've actually just got on to the life cycle range as well, which is really good. They're medicinal mm -hmm. mushrooms um, that are we really We sell those in my clinics, yeah. Uh, Awesome. And cell charge. I, I'm i a big fan of the cell charge. I do love cell charge. Yes. There's so many great supplements out there. Um, another part that is a not negotiable now is my meditation. Um, and, you know, even if I'm feeling like my time isn't allowing it to be an hour long, um, there's 20 minutes morning, 20 minutes afternoon that are absolute not negotiables. Um, you know, and then I feel like it varies. Some mornings I feel called to go for a walk on the beach. Some mornings I feel called to put on some music and dance. Some mornings I feel like I want to do yoga. Um, but I, I'm always coming back to the intention because I believe with everything, it comes back to the place that it's coming from. The intention, you know, in business, in relationships, in conversations, um, in rituals is what sets it up for the best outcome. Um, Consistency yes. and, and um, you know, to, you know, consistency is the key isn't it like it really just you know you can't sort of do these morning routines here and there and sparrows you know but to actually be able to come back to self as well to actually have that time where it's just you um and meditation I mean it's absolutely changed my life and, and I guess uh, with meditation when I first started it was I really struggled with it because I've got a you know pretty crazy uh thinking mind but I realised that I, I wasn't meditating to get better at meditating. I was get, I was meditating to get better at life. And I think once okay. you understand that, mm. it, it is, you know, it's it's just been, you know, for me um, the biggest change um, and to take the judgment out of it. Oh, definitely. I think that's the biggest game changer in meditation is a lot of us sit in meditation and then our mind, you know, won't slow down and it's operating at a million mile an hour and we're sitting there going, oh, my gosh, why won't you stop thinking? But the point of meditation is to just witness. If mm. there's thoughts, witness them. If there's feelings, witness them because emotion is just energy in motion mm. and it has to move through us in order to transcend. 
So while we're in that stillness, there is going to be thoughts, there is going to be feelings and emotion, and sometimes there's just going to be complete stillness. But whatever's happening is absolutely perfect and serving you. Mm. So um, I know that you said that you've moved into the digital space. What's next for you? Have you got what's what's we're actually putting a um so i i have you know immersions throughout the entirety of the year and you know high level mentorships but what we're actually um creating right as we speak is um kt coaches so i've got coaches that are coming on board my team that are trained in all of my modalities and and the mechanics and structure and strategies that i use um and it's giving people um a more i suppose a more affordable um experience um, because a lot of my things are high ticket items um, so they're they're still working with my team they're getting access to my immersions but then they've got this one-on-one touch point where they can work with these kt coaches that have been trained by me for a far more affordable cost mm, i love that idea yeah. so for some for our listeners that want to know more about you where will they find you where can we drive them to any social media platform, you can find me, Krista Tia, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, all of them. Uh, and you can head to kristatia.com. I'm always um, responding to people that message me because I value my following so much. Um, so you can reach out and connect. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute honour and I can't wait to share this podcast with all of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, beautiful. It was a pleasure. 